0: Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Insurance Tomorrow, a podcast brought to you by Allianz Insurance. I'm Steph McGovern. In this series, we discuss some of the most important global trends impacting businesses in the months and years to come and explore how they might affect the insurance industry. If you've missed any of our other discussions on topics like autonomous vehicles, drone technology or AI, you can listen now on your normal podcast app. Today, three of our Allianz Senior Board members join us to discuss the future of insurance in light of the recent COVID-19 global pandemic. Joining us for this discussion is Simon McGinn, General Manager, Neil Clutterbuck, Chief Underwriting Officer and Graeme Gibson, Chief Claims Officer. And in true COVID style, they're all recording at home, so please do excuse the occasional sounds of home life, because let's face it, we've all been there. COVID 19 has had a huge impact on customers, businesses, and industries across the board. Recent figures suggest the pandemic has driven the fastest and deepest economic contraction in the UK in over 300 years. During the peak, offices, businesses, and non essential shops were forced to shut completely for nine weeks although of course these restrictions have been gradually easing since June the 1st with people starting to return to work with safety measures in place. Now there is still a large majority of employees working from home and businesses turning to technology and online resources to continue serving their customers. So how will this impact the insurance industry in the next years and decades to come? So let's start with how the pandemic has impacted you. Graham. do you want to kick things off for us?
1: So for me personally, lockdowns had the effect of not having to travel as much. So uh, pre-Covid, I was someone who went to Munich regularly, travelled around our offices quite regularly, spent quite a bit of time in London. So not having that uh, to add to my daily woes has been fabulous. So more time at home with uh, wife and family, all, all good. I think like many others, uh, basically been having sat in the same room for six months uh, is now getting a little bit tiresome and I'd certainly like to get out and about a bit more.
0: Simon.
2: Well, it's meant an awful lot of time in in the house, which has been fine more time with the family um and it's meant a huge amount of uh work and activity because um we've been extremely busy. So um but benefits-wise, um I've been able to uh, spend a bit more time um exercising um in in a busy schedule. So um, there's been been lots of benefits um, and um, figuring out new ways of working which is always always fun so um largely uh, positive i would say but um you know it's been nice to be able to get out in the last few weeks or so
0: so what's your experience been like neil
3: so I think for me, the COVID-19 has, has taught me a number of lessons, not least uh, the intricacies of trying to balance working from home and schooling from home, as both my partner and I work on occasions. Um, I perhaps um, sometimes more regularly than she, but that's a, a, a source of debate in itself. But one of the, um, the real blessings of, of what we've experienced is fortunately we'd, um, we'd arranged to have a dog uh, before COVID-19 kicked off. So in terms of a new hobby dog training, dog walking, and keeping us all sane, the, the dog has been a real godsend throughout this period.
0: Do you think, then, there's anything that you will continue to do as life returns to normality?
3: We are much more
2: productive and more focused in meetings, so trying to keep that will be, be good if we can. Um, but equally, um, I, I suppose the other benefit of... You, you have to be more conscious about your communication and making sure you stay in contact. So whilst you do miss that casual interaction... Um, that, that you get from being in offices and walking around and seeing people. Um, I think one of the things I'd like to try and keep is is be more planned and considered in terms of making sure I am in contact with the right people as frequently as possible. So trying to keep that when we get back would, would be good, plus getting the benefits of that increased um, social interaction.
3: I think the social interaction element is a really important part of this. And, um, OK, in some respects, I think... Uh, People can be quite productive working from home. Certainly it makes meetings crisper and sharper and we get through a great deal. Um, But by the same token, the the lack of social interaction is a really important part of why people go to work and I think that's uh, important for all of us to to bear in mind. So it's how we reconnect that and keep a a sense of team going is is really an important part of, of how we work from home more frequently now.
1: The need to be in the office... 24-7 is, is not there we can do things like carry out meetings uh, over electronic means however the collaboration piece and actually what I call the water cooler conversations that's the bit that's missing just that ability to speak to people uh, we're doing a of a lot by email at the moment and I think you just lose the subtleties around that I think the other thing I spotted uh, is that although I'm in good contact with my direct reports and the sort of layer below, after that you begin to lose touch. And again, I see that as a bit of a negative.
0: It's fair to say, isn't it, the impact of COVID has been quite widespread. So what impact have you seen on the insurance industry, Simon?
2: The pandemic has had the effect on the insurance industry of of driving um, a level of disruption that hasn't been seen. We we obviously have major events um, in a normal course of a year, so a a sort of a big storm or something like that. But this is on a different scale. So the impact has been very widespread. It's driven a greater focus, I think, on customer service and making sure we've been able to maintain that. I, I think it's also had the impact of creating some tricky reputational issues for us Um, as an industry that we're going to have to work hard to uh, overcome over time. Um, But I think it's also enabled the industry to develop quite quickly some of the aspects of the way it operates digitally at an accelerated rate. So I think a lot of the industry has surprised itself by how it can respond. um, And I would expect to see a faster pace of change as a result of that
1: um, in a very general sense. So the impact to COVID for me has been twofold, and actually there's been some really positive developments. I think most businesses and Alliance is no exception. We've managed to deliver things in weeks that hitherto have taken years, um, and that's just been driven by necessity, and it's quite interesting what necessity has brought to the business. I think um, working in the claims area, we're actually used to... Um, disasters if I can use that word and we're certainly used to dealing with surges like storm and flood but this has been on a whole new level and has brought levels of complication that I don't think anybody anticipated. Uh, We've dealt with it well but there is as Simon mentioned reputational issues in the longer term that I think the industry needs to understand and respond to appropriately. Yeah I
3: think what it's done is challenge the insurance industry on, on, a, on a couple of levels, not least the, uh, the way in which we perceive risk and exposure and how we might quantify that. I think you know, what we've seen with COVID-19, we, it's sort of imagined the unimaginable in the context of the level of disruption, a national and indeed an international lockdown from that perspective. So things that we might take account of in terms of policy coverage and or wording extensions that uh, may or may not be available to customers and the level of premium that may or may not be uh, considered appropriate for that. I think what COVID-19 has done is challenged some of those aspects uh, fundamentally. It's also challenged companies to think about risk scenarios in different ways um, and the extent to which we think about those and what might actually play through is also an aspect that it's um, brought very much to the fore and the one last aspect for me is really around resilience, and there it's challenged the insurance industry along with every other industry in the u k if I think just parochially, about its operational resilience and also its business resilience in uh, unforeseen and unprecedented circumstances for Allianz specifically, what this has meant is is has been how have we been able to stand up our business in a remote way and and you know we're very pleased and proud of the team and the way that we've been able to respond within a matter of days we were up and running 95 96 percent in terms of our operational capability now that required a significant um, amount of work but as as, as was referenced earlier our ability to accelerate some of our digital capabilities is something that's been quite astonishing in terms of what we've been able to work through in in a very short space of time so I think there we've we've fared pretty well and it's something that we continue to build upon. I think the resilience of the teams has been um, astonishing and uh, I think they've done a fantastic job in maintaining that customer service and that level of customer contact. But equally, one of the challenges for us now is how do we migrate to the new normal and what the world will look like in the future and how we adapt our business model to accommodate for that.
2: Yeah, in terms of the operational impacts, I think some of the things that have been um, significant to us in in terms of financial impact, that's, that's quite significant. But one of the things I'm very pleased with is the way we've made the decisions to um, pr- provide customers with fulfilment of that promise that we've made by paying out um, on those policies. And we've paid out substantial sums prior to the court case completing. So so there is a financial impact um, operationally uh, from an underwriting point of view. The the other big impact for us, I think, is, is a longer term challenge for us in terms of thinking about how we consider our customers, because we tend to think of them in, in broad segments and actually you know in terms of sophistication of understanding of the products that are on offer um, they differ greatly in terms of a firm's ability to absorb and understand what their insurance provides them with that's no um, slight on an individual within any particular company it's more about capacity and resource and bandwidth if you're a large company you will have people who are able to understand and assess their risk better and ensure they've got appropriate coverage whereas if you're an SME you've got a lot of things to do just to stay afloat particularly at the moment and therefore assumptions about what may be covered um, do lead to disappointment and that reputation issue we touched on earlier and I think we have a job of work to do to make sure we communicate more clearly how our products operate because it is a complex world to ensure but we have to make sure that for the right customer segment we are clearer in the way in which we communicate the cover we are providing and and also be very clear about what we're not covering and and I think that's a big challenge for the industry because as I say um, a balance sheet can take an awful lot of risk um, but it can't take everything as Graham referenced earlier and we need to we need to be clear about what we are and aren't doing.
1: Yeah, I think for me, COVID has shown us uh, ways and means of doing things that, again, we we couldn't have imagined. So I'm thinking a lot about what does the future look like, not only for Allianz, but for our customers, because I think things will be very different and risks will be very different. So a really simple, simple example, and lots of people have been talking about it, is, you know, will we all migrate back to offices I suspect not, not in the way that we did pre-COVID. And therefore, what does that mean? Does that mean that we now need commercial products which provide cover for our customers' employees when they're at home or working in a coffee shop? Travelling has changed, as we've already alluded to. And again, what does that mean for our customers uh, going forward? So I think there is just a lot of things to think about in terms of what our customers' needs and requirements are going forward in a post-COVID world. And that's tricky to do because I don't think anybody really truly understands where all of this is going to land.
0: So how do you think society has changed and what impact might this have on the economy, Neil?
3: I think the societal changes that are driven by COVID-19 are quite far-reaching and fundamental. We've already touched on, in part, some of the economic impact. But if we just think about the increased working from home, then we have the potential changes in commuting habits. The way that businesses are having to redesign their business model to cope with a post-COVID world is also changing the way that we look, about, uh, look at risk and how we might consider that. Um, not least in terms of social distancing and the range of factors that start to create a new normal. So that, coupled with changes in customer behaviour, are all starting to change the way we think about our insurance products, the risks that we write... Um, and the sorts of uh, claims experience and frequencies that we might have against our typical products as we look further ahead.
0: Do you agree, Simon?
3: I think for me,
2: society will definitely change and in a major way, but I think it's too early to tell yet. Um, I think you only have to look at the evolution of the way in which our own sort of team's opinions around how we work from home has, has evolved over the last six months. So, I would have said, you know, once you've got past your initial shock and set up, then two to three months in, I think most people are thinking, well, this is great. You know, this is the way I'd like to work and um, there's lots of benefits to it. Um, we're probably now just coming out a slightly the other end of that and a slightly more mature level. And, and whilst I think people still think they will want to work in a different way, I think there is a, a desire and a need for um, a little bit of return to the normality of the old world. But but I suspect we'll end up with a mix um, so so I think it would change in that respect. And obviously that's what, what applies in Allianz probably applies to most businesses and um, in the economy and most people's outlooks. Um, so for us, I think the way in which we have to um, design our products, we need greater flexibility. Um, uh, driven by a customer's response to particular events. I think certainly from an economic perspective, people are going to need to be very innovative in the way in which they reinvent their business models. Um, they'll want to work in different ways and do different things. So, you know, one of the things we saw over COVID was... Um, the number of restaurants that suddenly realized that if they were going to survive at all, they needed to operate takeaway services. So we, we provided flexibility in terms of the way in which our products could respond to it. And the question is, you know, do you go back to what you had before or do we as an insurer have to learn to flex and develop solutions that, that meet that changing demand? Because I think it will be long term. And I, and I think therein lies our, our challenge. And it's certainly something we're looking actively at at the moment.
3: I would agree with the thoughts about how businesses will need to be more agile to survive in what will be an economically strained environment and think about new ways of doing business. I think customer demand is is going to be very interesting and indeed the whole point around customer expectations, being very clear on, on the provision of cover and the provision of um, insurances, what that means, the risks that are and aren't covered is going to be paramount. Um, Beyond that, I think it is very difficult to forecast what will, what will um, this mean in the longer term. One of the concerns that um, I personally have is around business failures. We're already starting to see that in the context of the UK economy and how that, combined with unemployment, will lead to that sort of recessionary austerity type of scenario and what that then means, because one of the corollaries to it will be low interest rates and low interest rate environment really will place further pressure on insurers to ensure adequacy of pricing as they look further ahead. Now, that's a difficult mix when businesses are under strain. But it is how as an insurer and indeed as how brokers help their customers through that difficult combination um, it's going to be really quite important as we continue to, 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 to see the market shift.
0: So, Simon, do you think we've seen that long term changes to the industry because of it?
2: I mean, in terms of the priorities for both business there's fundamentally they shouldn't change um, because it should always be around what we do for the customer. I think the difference now is how we how we do that and how we um, regain confidence where it's been lost and I, I certainly don't think it's been lost everywhere but but there will certainly be um, greater questioning I would have thought about the nature of cover that is available um, and that that is being provided um, and therefore. Um, We need to work really closely together because building trust in the industry is is important. And and the industry is hugely, hugely important to deal with the economic challenges that the the world and indeed the UK particularly are going to face. Because if people are going to continue to take risk in business to grow, um, the which ultimately grows the economy, they're going to need to be sure that they're dealing with people that are giving them good advice, um, and which is critical in terms of the role that brokers play and that that advice is backed up by insurers who are willing to stand behind um, the commitments they make to um, customers and brokers. So, so I think it's going to be really important for us to to work together and, and to, to just be very front foot about what we do in um, society and the role we play and, and make sure that the sort of promises we make about securing futures, Um, for for customers, businesses, and and indeed our employees are are really backed up um, by um, ensuring that we are um, understanding risk and and providing the sort of solutions that are needed. So, So I think never was there a more important time for us to step up to the plate Um, demonstrate the value that we add. And and in in the broker space, particularly, there is a real opportunity to secure that foothold in the SME and mid-corporate space by providing good advice to customers, using quality carriers um, to back up and transfer that risk to. And and I I think that's, that's the key role I would see for us and a real opportunity in a difficult time.
0: So, Graham, do you think that everything has changed now?
1: So in many respects everything's changed uh, but in other respects nothing's changed. So if I look at Allianz, a business that's been in place for 125 years plus and our long-term strategy and plans very little has actually changed and we will continue to be here for our customers I'm sure for another 125 years and we'll look back at Covid and it will be a sort of blip in time. Right here right now it's very different and uh COVID dominates everything that we think about but I was just reflecting on the history of the insurance industry and the part that brokers have played in that and if you go back to you know Edward Lloyd and coffee shops and PI clubs, uh, and i clubs and thinking about how that encouraged trade around the globe and then moving forward to things like satellite insurance the one thing that the insurance industry has been is very innovative and at the forefront of supporting businesses, trying out new things and and expanding its sphere of influence. And I think the insurance industry would do well to remember that. And right here, right now, I think brokers could play a massive part in a sort of second wave of innovation to manage what's happening around COVID.
3: Yeah, I'd I'd agree with that, Uh, particularly this theme around innovation. I think if I turn my mind and think about how our customers, end customers, will be feeling in, at this current point in time, we, we will have seen that some businesses will be really struggling um, and, and will be looking at different ways to reinvent their businesses. Fundamentally, they'll be looking at ways to try and reduce cost. And then if I think about the interaction between our brokers and, and insurers, then there's a real opportunity, I think, for us to innovate in the ways in which we choose to remove cost, to try and drive out duplication and perhaps the extent to which um, investments in digital capabilities really come to the fore and help ultimately our end customers in securing value for money um, and solid in, uh, insurance purchases. So I think that's going to be a, a really critical area. I think in other ways, how brokers will, will will interact with insurers, they'll be looking for strength and stability, so those aspects remain true to this day and, and are probably even more important as we look ahead, given that COVID-19 will have challenged all of our perspectives around risk and the sorts of risks we face into.
2: Could I just come back on that point that Neil made there about that sort of whole digitalisation in terms of how insurers and brokers interact? Because I think that's, that's really important. I mean, we are going to be under pressure, as everybody in the economy is, given um, the the sort of competitive nature of the businesses, but also just the recessionary impacts. And so finding ways to take out um, unnecessary activity by just combining what we do together and making it more efficient is is really key. And and as we touched on earlier in the discussion, you know, what we have seen is an acceleration of digital capabilities being provided. But also, importantly, the usage of those digital capabilities by customers and brokers. So I, I think that's a really key area for us to work together in is, is just removing that unnecessary cost and duplication um, and working together to, to find more effective ways of servicing our customers.
3: Neil? I think the industry and the broken community can improve the way that it sort of prepares for, for issues such as this. I suppose one of the, the, the key um, insights for me was, is, is really around the sort of cognitive dissonance and in terms of the appreciation of risk and then how one chooses to respond to it. What do I mean by that? When a risk scenario occurs, one will typically look to business continuity management and to a way to respond to that what COVID-19 did was, was challenge the rulebook around business continuity management and the setup procedures and the approach to that. And I think all of us have a role here to play in helping our customers think about risk in different ways and prepare their businesses um, t- to, to, to deal with the unthinkable. And that may sound rather black hat sort of uh, doom and gloom, but I suppose the whole COVID-19 experience, one of the key learnings was, gosh, this, this challenges the rulebook. This challenges the way that we do things, this challenges the way we do business and this challenges the way we try and mitigate against certain risks um, in such a fundamental way that having the ability to be flexible and to think um, outside of the normal constraints, outside of the rule book as it were in the context of how one manages risk is really quite important and, and therefore is one of the perhaps the key learnings that we all take, take from COVID-19 to think differently about risk and exposure.
0: So what should brokers be considering then post-COVID-19, Simon?
2: So I think I think brokers are going to be under a lot of pressure around advice. Um, I think understanding um, the nature of the products that they've got is going to be critical and, and I think that might mean a a narrowing down of their their choices to make sure that they can provide the the sensible advice and appropriate advice to their customers. Equally, using technology to perhaps provide some of that basic interaction with customers and that basic level advice that that leads. The, the human expertise to be deployed where it needs so so I think I think looking at business models and, and that sounds very grand but I think it's just simply looking at uh, you know how things are done in in your respective offices um, whether you're a big company or a small one um, I think that's going to be critical and as I, I sort of touched on already finding people who can help um you change um we need to sort of have people help us change so we need that sort of feedback from brokers and customers and that that interaction that informs the choices we make about where we invest our um resources um over the next few years so so i think in general terms that you know there's a lot of change that needs to take place i think some of it's obvious some of it's less so but um working together um with with Good partners that that understand the drivers within each other's businesses is going to be to be really key.
1: Graham, so I agree with everything that Simon's just said, but I think on a on a purely human level, we've talked about how difficult the next few years are going to be, and I actually think that if you were an SME or or a small business, you would actually be looking for a friend and a friend that can give you really good, solid advice around changing business models and what the future might hold and, and we touched earlier on innovation and what that might mean for you so uh, I use the term friend but perhaps trusted partner I think is, is, a, is a much better term and I think brokers have a, an ideal opportunity to become that trusted partner to many many businesses that will probably find the next three or four years quite tricky.
0: And finally Neil
3: despite having had sort of rather a black-hatted view in terms of where we are in relation to COVID-19. One of the things that uh, I was reminded of earlier today is that any crisis, you know, the, the, the Chinese translation is both risk and opportunity. So if I put that into the context of where a broker will be at the moment then clearly what we've seen is that our contemplation of risk can and has changed. The extent to which risks can accumulate and can aggregate has been challenged by what we've seen in COVID-19 and that's something that we need to clearly bear in mind. Equally, how we face into an economic environment where our customers and therefore our brokers customers are going to be challenged is is going to be an important one in, in terms of how our partners help their customers navigate the economic trials that they experience. But from an opportunity perspective, I think what it also uh, presents to us is that business models, traditional business models in in various industrial uh, sectors are going to change. And therefore, those brokers that are really ahead of that curve, understanding how those sectors are changing, what risks they present and how they are moderated and modified is going to be really important as to is potentially working with insurers, partnering to look at new products because if we are entering into a new normal that starts to drive, I don't know, different usage of motor vehicle for example, different usage in terms of commuting habits, does that then open up opportunities for innovation around new products and solutions that satisfy the changing landscape in which we operate?
0: And with that final thought, let's bring this special episode to a close. Many thanks to Simon McGinn, General Manager, Neil Clutterbuck, Chief Underwriting Officer, and Graham Gibson, Chief Claims Officer. Please do subscribe to the series through your podcast app. That way you'll be sure you'll never miss an episode. And we'd really appreciate it if you left us a review too. From me, Steph McGovern and Allianz, until next time, goodbye.